When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Eye on Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels with the Patriots getting ready for a week 18 game against the Jets. It could be an all-time ugly matchup. And you know what? Mother Nature decided to make it beautiful. Said, this matchup looks terrible. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gross. Let's make it a snow game. All, all snow games are great. Trevor Simeon versus Bailey Zappi in the snow. Let's go. Ugly football. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2024, where football is probably going to take a step back, I think, after Sunday. <laughs> it's going to go back a few years. It's just going to go back. <laughs> yeah, the game's going to be ugly. But there are a lot of ramifications on the line. For both these teams, honestly, and it comes down to the draft pick. Mark, how do you think the Patriots should attack Sunday's game? So heading into this day, it has been reported that the Washington Commanders will play most of their younger players. They will essentially sit their veteran players, which means the Commanders are tanking. And the reason, Chris, the Commanders are tanking is because they're currently slated to pick number two overall in the 2024 NFL draft. And if they lose, it's almost a certainty they will pick number two. They currently lead the Patriots in strength of schedule. Basically, the Patriots could theoretically get the number two pick if them in Washington loses, but they like a million things would have to go right in terms of the strength of schedule that isn't even worth getting into. But the commanders, they're tanking. They want to lose because it almost guarantees them a number two pick, which means Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Marvin Harrison Jr. The Patriots, meanwhile, will play their veterans and try to beat the New York Jets and Trevor Simeon. Bill Belichick was asked by Phil Perry on Wednesday, will you play your younger players on Sunday. Bill Belichick didn't understand the question before essentially saying, I'm going to play the players who deserve to play Bill Belichick and what could be his final game will not tank Chris. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think the Patriots should lose this game. I think they should play their younger players and they should try to lose. And the reason is for the draft slot. If they lose, they're almost certain to pick number three. I think it's a lot safer there at number three than say number five, but we can get into this. It is, but tanking is just so gross. And there is truth to what Bill said, where he said players want to play. The reason that players are still fighting their ass off for Bill is because of the way he approaches things. You know, he demands their best. They give it to him. And what message does that send if you're suddenly like, oh, by the way, all you veterans here, I know you've given me everything you possibly have down the stretch and have really busted your asses. We're going to sit you down because we want a better draft pick next year. It's just gross. And like, I understand the value of it. And I understand it's much easier to like think of from a GM perspective and the big picture and yada, yada, yada. But like when you're actually here with like listening to Bill, listening to the players, listening to all these guys on a weekly basis, like I understand why he's not inclined to do that. And that's not even getting into the Jets aspect of it, where like I think they could give Robert Kraft could offer Bill Belichick the deed to Gillette Stadium, $250 million lighthouse, the entire thing to take a dive against the Jets. I think he'd say no. Like, I think that's just the way Bill's wired. 
I, I think you're hundred percent right. And, and I think one, I think the Patriots will be the Jets and two, I think it could possibly set the franchise back years. So hear me out here. If you're picking in the top three, of the draft, what seems to be the consensus right now at the top three, and it's been pretty much the entire year is that your three top prospects are ty- typical, or it's not typical potential generational talent. So you have quarterback, Caleb Williams out of USC, quarterback Drake May out of North Carolina, and Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State, who people say is a generational receiver prospect. Some say is he might be the best since Calvin, was it Calvin Johnson? Like he's that good. So if you're in the number three spot, and say even hypothetically, the top two quarterbacks come off the board, there are going to be a ton of teams coming after Marvin Harrison Jr., which gives you a great option. Take maybe the greatest, you know, receiving prospect in decades or Add more draft value, trade down, and and get a quarterback. Honestly, I wouldn't hate it either way, but going from three to potential five, and I say to potential five for this reason. The Patriots are currently tied also with Arizona, who's a 4-12 and record. Arizona is playing Seattle this week. We'll see what happens there. But then there's the Giants. The Giants are 5-11. and They currently have a big edge on strength of schedule with the Patriots. So hypothetically, Arizona loses, Giants lose, and Giants are playing the Eagles. The Patriots win. Patriots are probably going from three to five. So all of a sudden, you're out of that generational, you know, range. You're not going to get the top two quarterbacks. You're not going to get the generational receiver. And at five, I think you start to look at the tackle position, which isn't terrible because they need a tackle. But I think I'm looking at this, Chris, in terms of what'll be what'll make for the fastest rebuild. It's get the best players and it's get a quarterback. So, so there at five, the question becomes, are you comfortable enough with Jaden Daniels? Will Jaden Daniels even be there? Because, you know, there'll be two teams in front of you. I think the Patriots should lose. I understand why they will not try to lose, but I think ultimately Bill's final win and the Patriots will hurt them in the end. Yeah, it's just the top of the draft is such an inexact science where, you know, we hear all the stuff about generational players, right? Like go back to Mac Jones draft here and the quarterbacks that went there where like Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the generational guy. Now he looks like, just a guy at best at worst i mean he he's put on some like some terrible tape for two of the three years that he's been in the league now zach wilson at number two overall is supposed to be you know the kid with the golden arm and now i mean patriots won't see him this weekend because he's in the concussion protocol but um he clearly has not lived up to that billing he's been terrible it might not be with the jets next year trey lance at number three was supposed to be the like the rising you know what can you do with this guy he he has all these tools prospect he hasn't played anywhere. Justin Fields looks like he could be okay at 11, but it's interesting where the thing with Fields, I think a lot of people like watch some Twitter highlights and see like sick runs, but don't watch entire games where like, I think he could be a good player, but he's not as good as they think. And then Mac Jones at 15. So there's your five first round quarterbacks in the top 15. It's not an exact science. Yeah. I'd, I'd push back in this. Zach Wilson wasn't as heralded. And Trey Lance certainly wasn't as heralded as Drake May and Caleb Williams. I think they're completely different. The comparison would more be so Trevor Lawrence, who's had a ton of injuries, and I would I would argue has been sort of disappointing. Still, probably a top ten quarterback if you really do it. But yeah, Trevor Trevor Lawrence definitely legit. I mean, Trey Lance played one game at a one AA school, and Zach Wilson. The Jets fell into this trap that teams do where. Zach Wilson had these measurables that made people say, oh, could he kind of be like Patrick Mahomes because he's athletic and has a big arm? But I I equate that to teams looking at every high school big man back in the 90s saying, oh, is he the next Jack? No one's the next Jack, just like no one's the next Patrick Mahomes. So I, I think Drake May and Caleb Williams are a step above most prospects, quarterback practices that we've seen other than Trevor Lawrence. 
I just I think it's I think this whole thing is fascinating for me because it's it's such a weird place to be in. I know for you too, Chris, where it's like, man, I think a lot of people out here right now are rooting for a loss. But I also think there are a lot of people honestly rooting for this to be Bill Belichick's last game. Now, I want to dive into the, this with you. I don't think the decision has been made. Um, from I don't my, either. My understanding is Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft will meet next week, which isn't out of the ordinary. I know people are making a big deal out of this on social media. Kraft and Belichick have an exit interview every single season. I believe it'll happen on Monday. It's It could potentially run through Wednesday. I, like, I'm not saying it's going to, but when you have a guy who's been here for 24 years, I think Robert Kraft will sit down with Bill and talk to him about you know what went wrong and what his plan would be to turn things around. I, I I honestly think Kraft will give Bill a chance to explain himself and put a plan forward, which is why I think there's a chance Bill Belichick could be back. I don't should we play the odds here, Chris? Like what what do you think the odds are? Bill's gone, Bill's here. What do you what do you think of the percentages? I'd say he's back at 30%. He's gone at 70%. Um I think the ball is way more in Bill's court than people realize. You know, people keep talking Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft. Like, if Bill goes into this year-end meeting and says something along the lines of, look, I know this wasn't good enough. The roster isn't good enough. I'm 71 years old. It's too much to coach and be the de facto GM right now. I just want to coach. Bring in whoever you want to do personnel. I just want to coach. And that's, like, how I'm going to operate from here on out. There's no way Robert Kraft says no to that, right? Like, in that way, you keep the greatest coach of all time. And you can bring in someone new to draft someone new, because obviously the, the issue isn't the guys buying into bill. It's the talent on the roster. You know, they're fighting their asses off for him still. And he's a good defensive coach. Defense has been really good. Talent on offense has been the biggest issue all year. And it's like clear as day. So if bill like comes in with that approach, I don't see Robert saying no. Having said that, I do not think bill will take that approach in what I know about Bill. So what I think would have to happen for Bill to stay, I think Bill would essentially have to get down on one knee, admit all his wrongs, say how much he appreciates Robert Kraft, how much he wants to stay here and beat Don Shula's record, how much he'd be willing to usher in the new head coach, whether it be Gerard May or someone else. I also think he would have to give up control of the front office, and I think he would have to probably allow Bill O'Brien to redo the offensive coaching staff. Yeah. That's a lot. Think think about that. That's a, that's a lot for any coach to succeed or give up, especially with someone like Bill who's been here for a long time. He has six Super Bowl titles. I I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, he would he would have to bend the knee and I don't think he's going to do that. That's that's the truth. I, I think if Bill Belichick is back next week and we learn he's back, it's because he's bent the knee and there's going to be substantial changes. I think there'll be substantial changes regardless obviously. We're talking if Bill's gone there's a new GM and head coach, but I think if he stays there's there's a new GM because the problems are free agent signings, trades. It's the front office. It's Bill Belichick the GM has hurt Bill Belichick the head coach. The drafting has been horrible. horrible. Their decision last spring to draft three defensive players in the first three rounds and only draft interior offensive linemen in the fourth was honestly just horrible. I mean, I'd give them an F, honestly, for those decisions. And I don't care how good Christian Gonzalez and Keon White look because the truth is this. You haven't had Christian Gonzalez for most of the season. Your secondary is still good. It's because you have good coaches. You have a good defensive roster. You didn't need, frankly, you didn't need Keon Waite. You didn't need Christian Gonzalez. You needed a tackle. You definitely didn't need Marte Mapu. You didn't. You needed a tackle. You needed more wide receivers. You just, you needed better depth. You needed more talent up front. And the offensive talent has just been just 
I want to say essentially non-existent since Brady left, Gronk left, and, and Edelman retired. You've had some decent guys come in here and there who have been good players, but you haven't had a Pro Bowl player on offense since what? Mac Jones as an alternate, but he's not. Let's be honest. That didn't yeah. really count. No, nope. it's, it's essentially Tom Brady in 2018. Your last all pro offensive player was Joe Tooney, a guard who they, for whatever reason, left. They're like, you know what? He's the best player in offense. He's an all pro player. We don't need to keep him because we're the Patriots. Guess what, Bill? You had it. You needed to keep Joe Tooney. Just like you should have replaced Edelman better. Just like you should have brought back Jacoby Myers. Just like you should have signed DeAndre Hopkins. I just think Bill has screwed the Patriots so bad when it comes to offensive football. The only way he's back is if he gives up control and and everything changes, which is why I don't think it's happening. Would you be okay with that if that's how this whole thing goes? If Bill, you know, essentially cedes power, says I'm gonna like listen to whatever a new GM says. I'm going to, hey Phil, that's Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston. We're doing a little pod right now. Phil, you're doing great. Thanks, man. <laughs> you look good. I'm going to go yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> we'll be like Unless that. Unless you want me on. Thought? No. No. no, no. Kidding, kidding. Yeah. All right. We'll be like 10, 15. No, you're good. You're good. So Chris was, Chris was asking before we were interrupted by Phil Perry there. Um, <laughs> kidding. Um, for those who don't know, we, we work in this media room where we share a room with, um, NBC sports Boston. So I'll get to work with, you know, alongside Phil Perry and Tom Curran sometimes, which is cool. Um, but where Chris asked, yeah. you know, how would I feel if, Bill gives up control and they bring and, and, they and bring also, back. yeah, in addition to like giving up control, bringing in a new GM and letting Bill O'Brien overhaul the offensive coaching staff to his liking, which he was not allowed to do this year. So say that's like Adrian Clem is gone. Uh, you might even move on from Troy Brown, guys like that. Would you be OK with that heading into 2024 with Bill as the head coach? Robert would be OK with that, I believe. I think my educated opinion says he would be. Um, I. I don't. I would. I would disagree with it. Um, I think the Patriots are are so far from competing. They need to tear it down to the studs and, and rebuild. And with that, I would want to bring in a younger coach who is more modernized. I think it relates to players better. Players have changed a lot in the last twenty three years. I mean, hell, when Bill Belichick was here, there was no such thing as Twitter. There was no really no such thing as social media. You know, you know, like the times have changed. And I think things really, really need to change inside Gillette Stadium. I'm fine if if it's, say, Gerard Mayo and he wants to keep Bill O'Brien around. But I just think you need to move on, I think, with a young quarterback. And I don't want Bill Belichick to be here for two years and be like, all right, young quarterback, we're going to now give you a, a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator. No, we've already been through this. Matt Jones had three offensive coordinators in three years. It was an unmitigated disaster for a variety of reasons that we can get into later in the offseason. What the Patriots need is a young, young quarterback with a head coach who's going to be here. You know, I guess the alternative is Bill stays and they sign like Kirk Cousins. And I wouldn't be for that. You know, I, I don't, I'm not interested in Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield or Russell Wilson. I want to start over with the young quarterback, find that generational guy or find that franchise guy. It's going to be hard, which is why I think they should tank. So, Chris, my answer would be no. I, I don't I frankly don't want to see Bill back, even if he does give up control. And I understand the pros to it. I don't know how you mm -hmm. feel about it, but I understand the pros to keeping the greatest coach you know, of all time here in the building that should be cool that i think that um he's still coaching like at a high level i think players buy into what he's selling i think the issue is personnel i think personnel has been brutal drafting has been brutal and that's why this team is where it is you know i think bill has always been a good coach and i think he still is right now and i think bill o'brien could figure it out but they just need more talent they need a better roster because this roster stinks that's the issue it's like lack of talent 
and it's just like across the board on offense. So it's going to be like a multi-year overhaul. But if Bill wants to see power to a new GM, because I think that's essentially ushering in a new generation is like a new GM bringing in a new even maybe they do the Shanahan style offense thing and actually do it right. You know, if Bill O'Brien says I'm going to bring in like someone with real experience in this and they try and do it for whatever, like anything like that, try something new. I'm fine with that. But if Bill wants to give up GM power and, you know, just kind of focus on defense and do that, I'd be okay with it. And and I understand. And I think a lot of people would be okay with it too. I mean, as evident as the, by, as I say, as evident as the team has played this season, Bill is still a good head coach. Yeah. Yeah. They do also need a special teams overhaul too, which we haven't really touched, but special teams have been brutal for multiple years in a row. Like you got to like blow that entire room out and move on. Oh, I think part of the reason too, and, and I'll say this with, with Bill and the way he's done things is um, I don't agree with how he's approached his coaching staff. And that plays into the Bill O'Brien stuff, which for those who don't know, the Boston Herald had this you know long reported story today, essentially saying Bill O'Brien wanted to revamp the offensive coaching staff here in New England to bring in guys that fit his system. Bill Belichick said, no, let him hire one person. And it was tight ends coach Will Lying. That creates an issue. And I think it's created a giant issue, but also Bill hires guys who he is familiar with, who he knows from a friend or who he coached. It's it's hiring Adrian Clem as the offensive line coach, you know, as I mean, opposed even, to someone who's had more success. You know, even yeah. on the de- you know defensive side of the ball, we've seen it a ton. But even offensively, I mean, Vinny Sinceri is the running back coach, and he was you know went, was what a defensive coach prior. And I mean, yeah, Ross came du- from Saban too, right? He went up that right. route. Like Ross Douglas was a defensive assistant before going to receivers coach. You know, Troy Brown, obviously Troy Brown. Troy like- Brown is Troy Brown. I just I I don't like it. I don't think there's been enough development on the offensive end, and I really think the Patriots could benefit from having more experienced positional coaches like there was Ivan Fears and Dante Scarnecchia and the way I think Bill went went about replacing them was just was just a mistake it's it shouldn't be about hey here's who I know it it should be hey here's the best guy for the job and I think they need to put someone in position Chris to do that which is essentially how Ivan and Scar ended up on Bill's staff in the first place they were already here you know Bill essentially inherited them and was like oh these guys are really good coaches they should stick around it wasn't like the friend of Bill thing you know it's like these guys are objectively the best for the job. So yeah, I, I do see the issue with that. And that's, again, like, it depends how how far you're bending the knee here, whereas you just taking a step back saying, I'm just going to coach. I don't care like about like whatever else. You can assemble it the way you want. I don't think Bill's ever going to do that. So I think it's kind of all moot in the end, you know, where I think if anything, he's probably going to stand his ground in this meeting. He might even, you know, throw it back at Robert that maybe the offense would have been better this year in Bill's opinion, if Matt Patricia had stayed, then instead of pivoting to Bill O'Brien and, you know, a third offense coordinator in three years and everything just kind of hitting the fan. I don't think that's true, but Bill might. Yeah, he, he may. And, you know, it was reported by, you know, Andrew Callen and Doug Kide. Bill Belichick wanted to keep Matt Patricia after last year as the offensive coordinator. And he was essentially, you know, forced to remove him by Robert Kraft. Um, from my understanding, that's true. I, you know, source confirmed that to me this week. And essentially, Belichick wanted to keep Matt Patricia here, which I think says a lot about his judgment when it comes to the offensive coaching staff. And it really sets up a game, Chris, against the Jets that, you know, will for two teams that are out of the playoffs actually has a lot of ramifications. The Jets are going to start Travis Simeon against a very good Patriots defense. Um, we haven't talked about the game at all. I don't think anyone really cares about the game other than maybe it's Bill Belichick's last and what what will that be like? But before we go, I, I think the Patriots are going to win. Um, I could see a low scoring game. 
let's say 17 to 12, something really ugly. It'll be in the snow. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want the Patriots to win. That's weird for me to say just because I, I think it'll, it'll bring them back to relevancy quicker, the higher draft pick, but what I want doesn't always happen. And I've learned that a long time ago. I think the Patriots are going to win this game nine to seven in the snow. And that is not three field goals. That is a touchdown, a field goal and a missed extra point. Nice. All right. Thanks for listening to the pod guys. We'll catch you next week and we'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.